to the Cinefessions Podcast. This is episode 134, and I am Brandon Chowan. Joining me tonight, we have Mark Nadeau. Mark, how's mm-hmm. everything going this evening? Super. Excellent. And we also have Ash Collins. Ash, welcome back, buddy. How's everything for you? Getting there. Getting there. Yeah? I hear you uh, might be moving into a new house soon? Oh, hopefully. Nothing like having yeah. two mortgages, but you know. <laughs> at least I will only be like 20 minutes from work as opposed to an hour. So, and Hell the yeah. new house is fucking awesome. So, yeah. That's really cool. Excellent. Well, congratulations. That's super exciting. And that's funny because, Mark, are you are you rocking two mortgages too? No, because you're living with your fiance then, right? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, technically, I guess, yes, we are, but she's taking okay. care of hers. I'm taking care of mine. Gotcha. Okay. Man, so many fucking mortgages. So much money going everywhere. And Lordy Lou, do I know that? Like with the baby coming, it's just like, man, everything costs so much, so goddamn much money going everywhere except where I want it. And that's in my bank account. That's neither here nor there, though. So tonight we are going to move on to week two of our summer sequels 2018 arc with a review of Dead Snow 2 Red versus Dead from 2014. If you missed our review of the original Dead Snow, definitely check out episode 120 to hear her thoughts on that before you listen to our thoughts on this sequel. Before we do all that, though, let's talk about social media and how you can find us there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And also, you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of the show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. And you can check out a long list of past media reviews and all 134 podcast episodes right over at cinefessions.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a favor and tell your friends about us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are essential to helping us grow, so we thank you for taking the time for to tell your friends about us and for leaving those reviews. All right. Let's dive right the hell in. Ash. Sure. What have you been doing the past, I guess, little bit here, few weeks in your that's worth talking about in your world? Mm, well, I'm almost done with my rewatch of um, um, Clone Wars, um, and I'm exciting. Oh, I am exceedingly stoked, exceedingly stoked that we're getting another season, even if it is only twelve episodes, because I'm I'm. I really like the storyline that they're going to complete, so that'll be great. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in season six. I think I have like three episodes left, and then um, get to watch Revenge of the Sith, and then I got to try to find you know Rebels or a place to stream it online that's not going to break the bank. So what's Rebels? Rebels is the series that takes place uh, before, in between Revenge of the Sith and. Uh, Rogue One in Episode Four. Oh, yep. Is it just called Rebels? Yeah, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, it was an animated series, just like Clone Wars. Oh, think of Star Wars Firefly, and uh, that's Rebels for you. <laughs> okay, I've not yeah. seen that, so that doesn't really help me. But oh, or uh, Serenity? No, none, none yeah, I have, no, I've not seen any of those. Either of those, like uh, interesting though. Okay, so but yeah, um, that's next on my list. Um, I'm slowly working through the Star Wars saga. You know. Mm-hmm. Driving my wife nuts. We did watch some more Supernatural. We're getting caught up with that. Dear God, what are we into that? Either season six or s- I think we're in seven. Yeah, maybe. Nah, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's the one with the Leviathans. That's awesome. A, yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of films. Yeah, too much. Just because we've been, you know, pop on the tube and and have that in the background while we're doing stuff. So. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Cool. Any any game in at all lately? <laughs> I played a little bit of Battlefront two here and there. Um, okay. And I tried to squeeze in some time with uh, DDO, but and moving boxes and. Packing mm-hmm. and work have kind of killed a lot of free time. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. Excellent. Yeah. So, and on my end, kind of like you, I didn't, I didn't watch too terribly much in the past couple of weeks here, but um, I, I did a couple rewatches. Uh, we watched Journey. So both of these were just on Netflix, and we were like, "Well, what are we going to put on?" And we can never agree on anything, so it always it ends up being some random like family movie or something similar. Uh, so we ended up with Journey to the Center of the Earth from 2008. With uh, Brendan Fraser, and it's like, man, what happened to him? He needs to be in more shit because I haven't seen him in anything lately. Honestly, I think when the whole Me Too movement started out, he uh, he had a story. I guess he got groped or something like shit a while back, and he just stayed out of the uh, spotlights for a while. That's why I oh, haven't seen really? him in anything. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was an agent or. Wow. Some bullshit. And because he didn't, you know, go along with whatever it was, he didn't yeah. get cast in anything. You know how it starts to tumble down. Yeah. Um, again, don't quote me on it. I'm just remember seeing something on Twitter when That's the first, yeah, when Terry Cruz came out with his uh, story of harassment, um, Frazier had an article as well written about him. And, uh, I guess he was just, he got me tooed and, uh, his career kind of took a big, a bit of a nosedive. Wow! Because of that, so yeah, I, I don't. Totally don't doing, um, these yeah, again, it was a lately. it was a Twitter story. What'd you say, Ash? Uh, he's been doing some TV and stuff lately. Oh, okay. But that makes sense because yeah, his kind of his career kind of just like he did all the Mummy movies, and then you know, Jenny yeah. Center was kind of at the end of that, and then it was just kind of not a whole heck of a lot. So yeah, he did a bunch of Disney stuff as well, and then okay. just he was like, then you just didn't hear from him, and. Right. Uh, Huh. Yeah, that's that that's apparently amazing. is one of the reasons why he just wanted to step away from the Hollywood machine. Right, right. I don't blame him. Yeah, so I, I think that movie's just kind of the definition of mediocre. Nothing too memorable there. And apparently, it, it's so forgettable that like I went on Letterbox thinking this was my first time viewing it. I already had it ra- rated and everything with like a view date. So I was like, oh, I didn't watch it that long ago, and I really don't remember. I didn't remember much of it at all. I remembered like the opening, maybe fifteen minutes, but then I was like, I think maybe I just fell asleep or something, and I never watched the rest of it. But apparently, I did. Uh, but didn't really love it then either. Uh, I gave it like two stars this time through, uh, two out of four. Uh, I think like three out of five on Letterbox probably. Um, and then the other one I rewatched uh, just on my birthday, I guess, was uh, Deep Blue Sea from nineteen ninety nine. I f- I just love this movie. It is so much fun. One of my favorite shark films out there. Mm-hmm. It is just a blast every time I watch it. It's got a great commentary because Samuel, Sam Jackson does commentary on it. Oh, does only he? Only up until his character dies and then he <laughs> then he leaves. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I was watching on Netflix, so I didn't have the I didn't see here of the commentary, but oh, okay. Um, I just I love it. And it's such, got such a great cast, which I forget about until I start watching oh, yeah. it again. But I it's it's so fun. I love that. I need to see the sequel now. Because uh, I hear it's I hear it's bad, but I still want to see it. Yeah. I enjoy the first one so much. But. I heard it's not good at all. Yeah. Um. Other than that, on and television realm, uh, we watched. I finished up Bob's Burgers. That was all on Hulu, so that's through season eight. Uh, so I'm caught up on that, and then we watched um, the complete first season of Daria, which was just completely random. We finished Bob's Burgers, and I was like, oh shit! Like now, what do we put on? 
and we decided to try Daria, which I hadn't. I so Daria came out like Daria is obviously that character is older than I would have been at the time, and so I didn't really connect with it back then. So I watched a little bit of it when it was coming out in the late '90s, but yeah, um, not too terribly much. Like I had older cousins who used to love it, um, but man, watching through it, I can see why it has why it has such a cult following. Like it's a funny show. It is. It's enjoyable to watch. Um, I just, I really like the, uh, I like the characters. I like Daria's just like dry sarcasm. Uh, she's just, she's, uh, she's fun to watch. And so I, I really am enjoying watching through that. We're like halfway through the second season as well. Um, I heard that show's making a comeback too. Is it really? Oh, you know what? I, oh no. I believe lying. it is. That'd be interesting. I did see there's like Daria the College Years, which I'm, or is it College yet? I think it's called, which I might be like a movie that came out after the fact. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like a, a long TV episode. I don't know. But when I put it in yeah, Daria. Yeah, it says here, MTV uh, launches MTV Studios uh, with uh, Daria made and doing another real world and Anne Flux revivals. So they're like reviving their uh, liquid, wow. uh, oh, their... Yeah. Uh, Shit, what was it called? Liquid, Liquid TV? television. Yeah. Liquid, Liquid television. television. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm reading an article from uh, June 21st. Uh, their reboot is in the works. That's awesome. Yeah. That Liquid television, like I think we talked about this before with Eon Flux, but that's like the one that I remember that so much just at my uncle's house. Like I never really watched it at home, but it was at my uncle's house. I mean, we were like, he was falling asleep and he would leave MTV on and then that shit would come on. It would be like Eon Flux, uh, Daria. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, shit. The other one was just in my head and I totally forgot the it. The Max? Yeah, the Max. Yeah, that was one of them I watched a little bit. Um, oh, I feel like there was one more that was just on the tip of my tongue from that from that Liquid Television era. Oh, Beavis and Butthead. That was oh, the one sure. I was thinking of. Like, I, yeah, so that's all nostalgic, but not nostalgic in like, oh, I loved those shows, but more in like, oh, I I remember seeing those shows on the TV. Um, yeah. So, but it, it's interesting to go back because it's so 90s, just like the world that Daria's in is just so perfectly 90s and I love it about it, but... So we watched that. Uh, and then Sunday, I was like, we didn't do anything on Sunday. Saturday, our Saturday was super busy. And so Sunday, I would just like chill at the house all day and um, trying to find something to watch. Uh, and I came across this show on Netflix. It's a new Netflix original docuseries. It's called Dark Tourist. Um, it's from 2018, obviously, because it's new. And it is an eight, eight episode ser- uh, season, eight episode series at this point, where um, it's the guy who did the um, the documentary, uh, Dave Ferrier, Ferrier, who did uh, Tickled, which I, I – Mark, did you talk oh. about Tickled? Uh, yeah, I've never seen it, but I, I heard about it. And okay. I, I, you know, it's funny. I recently saw it on a streaming medium. I just don't remember where. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, it's about, uh, it's about tickling people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Strange. But uh, so it's the guy who created that. He's like the star of this dark tourist. And basically okay. like he goes around to these different. So like dark tourism, quote unquote, is apparently a thing where like you're you're, you're people that are tourists, but they're doing like they're not going to the beach. You know, what I mean, they're going to like Chernobyl. They're going to um like uh, shoot animals in uh, Cambodia, like. Um, they're going to like a day of the dead uh, festival in Mexico. Like it's just kind of things that are, you know, considered more darker in, th- in theme than just your standard vacation. Yeah. And, um, like, uh, one episode they go to Milwaukee and they take like a, um, um, uh, 
Jeffrey Dahmer tour and kind of, and actually they, they met with Dahmer's attorney and like, yeah, it's just fascinating. Cause obviously I've talked about it before. I've always been fascinated by serial killers. And okay, so they, well, where did they go to uh, Milwaukee for, with oh, Jeffrey you, Dahmer? You, you, you mean Milwaukee? <laughs> that's how you, that's how you French Canadians say it. Ah, but ah, here ah, is that was the Algonquins. <laughs> oh man you guys yeah. do not remember wayne's world at all do you i just god i was just referencing it what are you talking about oh no i went over my head yeah uh, alice cooper he's like yeah it's mealy yeah it's actually like algonquin firm yeah i probably saw it that when i was matter. 10 it doesn't matter i don't remember you, any of brandon's it. still lame for not recognizing it so whatever exactly mm-hmm. only thing i remember from it is <laughs> car and they moved the they moved the hockey net off the street because my friends and I used to do that all the time. That's the only thing I remember from that movie. But anyway, um, yeah. So eight episodes, um, and he goes to like different parts of the different parts of the world and just like partakes in usually like three different um, events or three different things in uh, each episode in that part of of the world. Um, I like the, the the episode that stands out the most is the last one because it, one it was the one I watched most recent because it was the last one. But um, he goes back. It's like his second visit to the United States, and he goes to um the he goes to L.A. He's trying to try to do something on Charles Manson. Well, as he's there, Charles Manson. That's when Charles Manson died, and so at that point, that kind of throws a wrench in their plans. But they are able to. Uh, like meet up with this this YouTuber who's like pro Charlie Charles Manson whatever it's fucking stupid but um and he gets him hooked up with the the heir to Charles Manson's like uh estate basically so I don't okay. know if he had money or what but it all went to this guy and he has this interview with him and it's just like fascinating the dude's like intense and strange and it's just to me it was fascinating to watch uh, and then from there. He goes to, uh, I think, I don't know if it was the same episode, but he goes to like the Ark in Kentucky where they have, I think it's in Kentucky, where they have like Noah's Ark rebuilt and has this conversation with like the um, curator of that. It's pretty interesting. Um, but the really fascinating one was, have you guys ever heard of like that torture, t- like torture house you can go through or torture tour? Uh, like you can see, you'll see it on Facebook. It's like the Mc- McSorley Manor or Mc- McFeely no. Manor or some shit. So like literally these people go to this guy, they have to sign all these waivers and he can, he literally tortures them. Like he's ex-military. Uh, so he has like these techniques, like, and it's supposed, I thought like they paid these, this guy to torture them and he could literally do anything. Like, you know, he simulates drowning them. Like it's just the most like fucked up and weird thing I, I can fathom, but people do it. And in all its years, nobody's ever died. But he says, you know, you are going to get hurt. You're going to get scratched up. You might get sprained ankles. You might get broken bones. But in all this time doing it, nobody's died. But he has had someone have a heart attack. So anyway, now he's in like somewhere in the middle of the country. He was in like San Diego, but he moved somewhere in the middle of the country now. And he meets up with this guy who's going to go on this tour. And he decides to join him on this tour or this, not this tour, but this like torture thing. I don't know what the fuck you call it. And like watching them try to do this and meeting the guy and the guy is just so strange and like the whole idea behind it is just so fucked up it's just like i don't know it's it's weird as fuck but like the whole thing was incredibly interesting and i loved it 
he goes to like this like he goes to uh like the suicide forest in asia i forget what it's actually called but the place where yeah um you know there's like the record number of suicides there um Mm -hmm. he goes to um like this nuclear lake uh i forget what country these are all in um but i don't know i I, i'm giving a horrible explanation of it but it's like all these different things that he does he does there are eight episodes. He does three different things in each episode. So, I mean, there's a num- a lot of different things that he does. So, if one thing isn't interesting you... Like, I read this review on it afterwards from, like, the Washington Post. The motherfucker watched, like, half of the first episode. And he said he got bored with it because he didn't like... They were The first episode was... Uh, they were in with uh, some place that was, like, filled with radiation. Uh, it okay. was after the, like, typhoon hit and radioactivity and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't Chernobyl. Uh, I forget where, where it was. But... Um, like, there was a... And- in uh, Japan, you mean? I don't think it was Japan. I want to say it was like Taiwan or something. Ty- some, I don't remember. I'm fucking horrible. Oh, it was in Latin America. It was. Wow, that's a big difference there. Yep. Yep, it is. Oh, you know what? That's not even the first episode. Um, It must have been like the second episode, but whatever. Anyway, this reviewer says, oh, I didn't like it. So he, skipped, he skipped the rest of the episode, went to the second episode and watched it for like five minutes and then turned it off. And then he gave he wrote this review on it. I'm like, okay, what? Like. How could you possibly, in the Washington Post, he, this guy admits he watched not even an entire episode. He watched like half of yeah. the first episode in a quarter of the second and then read, wrote this review on it. Like, are you fucking kidding? Like, I, to me, the series got better as it went on. There's some episodes that are stronger than others because I was more interested in kind of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, I, I highly recommend it. I really liked it. So if any of that rambling sounds interesting to you at all i would definitely check it out like i said it's on netflix it's eight episodes 40 minutes each so i spent like the last five hours of my sunday watching this um and i really enjoyed it so i well, recommend it, it you know it's crazy because uh one of my old co-workers back in winnipeg last year yeah mm-hmm. it was last year he actually went to north korea mm. um why i don't okay. know you know I, I, I i'm not I don't, re- yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, I'm all, <laughs> apparently he had to get like a military debriefing after. And apparently wow. it was crazy. But I'm like, why go to North Korea? And he's just like, because I can, you know, and it's different. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know, it's not my boat. You know, yeah, it's not something exactly. I would actually do myself. But uh, hey, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do with your money, I suppose. But right. it yeah, was apparently a big hassle just to get papers to go. Oh, I believe And, you it. know, since he worked where he worked. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh, I'm it? not... That kind of person, you know? Yeah. Is he Canadian or is he American? He's Canadian. Okay. I'm just curious if it yeah. was kind of if it was more difficult or easier <laughs> being a oh. Canadian versus having a US passport. No clue. I know I will never go through that process. So. Yeah, exactly. I want to go to Vegas first before we go to North Korea. <laughs> That's just right. me though. That's just me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of gaming, I've, I've kind of been obsessed the past like three nights with out of the park baseball 18 on okay. uh, PC. So this is a stat game, basically. Like you're not actually playing the, the games, but you're like running your organization. You're running the team. And so, so the commissioner. Exactly. Yeah. You're the, you're the GM, uh, or oh, you have to be okay. the GM and okay. manager. I'm playing as, as a uh, GM. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't actually do like the day to day, but I hire and fire, you know, sign free agents, draft or trade, things like that. So anyway, I, I, I created this entire fictional universe of this like promotion and relegation baseball league. So that took me forever. Uh, but anyway, I've been I've been loving that. That's what I've been mostly playing. I have played some more FIFA since we talked last. Um, and I've been planning to play in some a couple different baseball games. I don't know why I've been into baseball. I went to the Tigers game this past weekend. So I guess that's probably why I've 
been on a baseball game kick lately, but so I've been doing that too. Um, and then um, reading wise, I uh, finished World War Z by Max Brooks that we I mm-hmm. was in the middle of that. And my thoughts never really changed. I thought it was good, but not what I was hoping it would be. Not as good as I was hoping it would be. Um, so I give that one like two and a half out of four. Um, I give it like three out of three and a half out of five on Goodreads. Um, I would recommend it though if you are a zombie fan because the majority of people will say, "Oh, this is the best zombie book ever," and it was fine. It was good. But not, I don't know, just not great. Like there was just no, there was a lack of tension because it's, it's like a memoir. Like these people you're being interviewed after the fact. And so, yeah, you know, there's no tension on whether these people survive or not because we know they did because they're talking to us. So it's like, eh. To me, it's, it's more like short stories. Yes. Oh, it very you much know? is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then I read, um, and I, I say read, I finished. These are all audiobooks, obviously, because I do them in my, in my driving. Um, mm. But I did uh, Stephen King's A Good Marriage, and this is actually I don't know that one. It's actually it's not a it's not a it's a novella, I believe. It, it actually it might even be a short story from like I think okay. it is a short story from like f- maybe Full Dark No Stars or whatever the fuck that is. Speaking of Stephen um, King, uh, uh, yeah, not, not to interrupt. Did you guys see that no. they've got a Castle Rock TV show coming to Hulu? Lock and Key, yes. No, 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 Castle Rock. Actual oh, Castle, Castle Rock. Rock. That's what it's called. You know, didn't that debut that debuted yesterday, right? Oh, or the did day it? before? Okay, yeah. I no. believe so. I think there's three episodes out now. Uh, I I need to get Crave TV in Canada. Uh, that's oh. I guess the Canadian distributor for Castle Rock in Canada. Um, uh, okay. It's just it's another streaming service. I don't have it yet, but th- depending how the show uh, goes, uh, I might pick it up just for that. What yeah, is it, Castle Rock? I don't. That doesn't. That's not a title that's familiar to me. <clears throat> Um, well, most of Stephen King's stuff is set in or near Maine, and Castle right. Rock was the fictional town where a lot of his stuff was set. Oh, like, Needful okay. Things is set in Castle Rock. I think it is set, no, it is set in Derry, but mentions Castle Rock. Um, you know, there's like, it, it, a lot of stuff happens in or near Castle Rock. So that was. Gotcha. So they're kind of, I don't know whether they're adapting some of his stories or they're just setting it in the town, but the ads look fucking creepy. Yeah, okay. I, I think it pretty much you're taking the Stephen King universe and making a TV yeah. show out of it. So all the books are inter. He ha- he's got these Castle Rock books, right? They're all like like uh, Ash said in this fictionalized town. So this is like a multi. I guess it's putting all the books together in this one town. Okay. Uh, I know very little of it on purpose, so I don't get anything spoiled in commercials or whatnot. Right. Uh, but so far, from what I've heard, I guess it got a really good reception at the San Diego Comic Con last weekend. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm curious to see how uh, the show actually turns out. Yeah. See, that's my problem. I've not. I still haven't done like a full length Stephen King story. So that's why you know I've seen some number of his movies, but um, it's different when you read it. I feel like I remember more that way. But y- yeah. Uh, but Good Marriage, uh, another one. It was fine. Um, I don't know. Like it, it's so basically it, uh, the, this couple has been married for like, I don't know, 20 year, 20 something years. And, um, he's, he's gone away on a uh, business trip and she kind of stumbles upon something in the garage that she shouldn't have stumbled upon. And it changes everything. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, obviously, but, uh, it, it, it's fine. They made a movie out of it. I have no idea how the hell they made a feature length film out of this. I feel like that would be boring and so i'm kind of uh, interested to check it out but a good marriage i've never heard of it before yeah is this i don't know 
it's a it's a thing. But like I said, it's like it's, I think it's a short story though. It's not. I, I don't even think it's a novella. Oh yeah, it, it came out. Uh, yeah, it came out in 2014. Um, yeah, the the movie. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, this oh, poster with the. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I guess there's a poster with a uh, uh, Mister and Mrs. like yes. monogrammed uh, towels. So exactly. I remember hearing about this, but uh, or I remember seeing this poster, but I know nothing of the film. Yeah. I want to see hmm. the movie. So, yeah, it is a novella. And oh, I was for right. sure. It is from Full Dark, No Stars. Uh, that's the uh, collection that it was really originally in. But they did release it okay. as like a standalone audiobook, and that's how I listened to it. But Gotcha. Uh, it's fine. I don't know if I'd recommend it, like seeking it out, but it was okay. Um, next one I really loved. Uh, I went back to Isaac Asimov, which I read earlier and really enjoyed Foundation. Um, this time I read iRobot, and I fucking loved it. Such, such a great story. Um, I, I won't spend too much time because I wrote, uh, if you, and one thing I should plug, I guess, is that uh, you can follow me on Goodreads, uh, under Simon One as well. And that's kind of where I've been writing small reviews of these. Uh, if any, if I have anything of length, I do move it to Cinefessions, but mostly they're just real short kind of thoughts on them. Um, but this is just an, an awesome, like, it's creepy. Even though it's not like you wouldn't think of it being creepy, but it is just because of like the subject matter and how that is like affecting the world. Um, I have seen, I started the movie back when I was in undergrad. I watched it at my buddy's house, but I ended up falling asleep maybe like 15 minutes in. And so I don't really remember the movie at all. And so I really want to watch it. But one thing that irks me already is that the book is about this, this woman, is this doctor who is just this incredibly intelligent woman, her stories, because it's, again, kind of like a, almost like short stories, almost like foundation, except much more um, tightly connected because it's the stories of one woman. Like our, our narrator is interviewing her basically toward the end of her life. And she's kind of reminiscing back on these events. And um, uh, on the poster, it says, like something like the, the one man saw it coming and I'm thinking, wait, why is, why is the man seeing this coming? Like, I'm worried that they've switched the gender of the character. So I'm, I no, you don't no, have to give me any, you don't have to tell uh, me, but I, I'm, no, that's robot, my, one, yeah. my one thought. Yeah. Will Smith's movie is not an adaptation necessarily of the book, but oh, okay. it is a, it's kind of along the same lines they wanted something that would fit with and be inspired by the book so like okay I think some of the characters are same but and that's what it's i was not, yeah it's not a direct adaptation at all that's that's kind of what i was thinking because like you can't this is uh, such a ripe world that asimov creates like you could easily make a story set in this universe and that's what i was kind of hoping slash thinking it probably was um or it was going to be like an adaptation of one of her story one of her stories that she told, but uh, either way, if if you have any interest in kind of like uh, you know this robot, um, not uprising, but just kind of this like uh, integration of robots into everyday society, I highly recommend this book. Asimov is such an excellent writer. Uh, he 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 really caught my attention with the Foundation, and he just kind of blew me away with iRobot. Uh, he's just such an intelligent writer, and I really really enjoyed it. So I'll definitely be checking out more from him as I as I progress forward, but I love that one. I give it four stars out of four, five out of five on Goodreads. Highly recommend that one if uh, Asimov interests you at all. And then I read um, H.G. Wells's uh, The War of the Worlds. What shocks, like what's amazing to me is that this was 
originally written in like the the late 18 or like the 1890s. Like it just I, I never would have thought of it as I was listening to the book. I thought like it was closer to like the 30s or 40s just being ignorant. Um, obviously, some of the references that he talks about in the book, those seemed older than that. But I thought maybe I was just mixing up my times and my timelines. But no, like this is a book. It was like 1890 something. I can't remember exactly. Uh, and yeah. that shocks me. And for that, this, this is such a super impressive book. And I can see why it, it was so influential because I can't imagine there being too much around like this in that time. Um, the uh, the other thing that was out around the same time, and it was because the world had caught Martian fever because they'd finally able to see stuff on Mars, like the canals and and stuff like that. Oh, okay. That, so that's why they had this kind of like influx of stuff. But yeah, besides War of the Worlds, you had um, Edgar Rice Burroughs with uh, not the Tarzan stuff, but the John Carter of Mars books. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, they're they're, they're around the same time, but they're very they tackle it very differently. Okay. I, I believe it. Yeah, this one was, was interesting. And, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I just, it, it was super shallow. I didn't care about the characters at all, which again, given when it was, I didn't realize when it was written as I was reading it. And so I, I understand that, but still looking at it with like a, my eyes today, I just didn't really care about the characters too much. And so that kind of made the story mean less to me. Um, and so I, I completely respect it and understand that it, was this incredibly influential story and I love that for it or I love it for that but just overall my entertainment I gave it two stars uh two out of four just kind of in the middle um because I thought it was just very lacking in terms of uh character development I still love the uh, the 53 uh film adaptation (laughs) I think it's 1953 Uh, yeah I need to see that one I haven't seen that one I've only seen the um uh what's his name the Tom Cruise Tom one. Cruise one, yeah. yeah. The and effects so. are definitely better in the new one, uh, right? But the the fifties one has that hokey B movie sci fi classic feel to it that you, you know, yeah. If you like that sort of thing, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely. I really like the sound design in the Cruise remake from 05. Oh yeah. For some reason, that's what I remember the most of it. I thought the film was kind of shit, but the sound was amazing. I don't. That's another one I saw. Like maybe a couple years after it came out, and I just don't remember much about. It. Like I have, there's moments that stick in my head. Mm-hmm. That's I'll never forget that movie just because that's the one I realized that Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise throws like a girl um, <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. But yeah, and and I was so happy. It was one of the scary movies, maybe scary movie four, that caught that what I saw, and they like mocked it in their mock movie. It, it made yeah, me in your spoof die in their spoof. Thank mm-hmm. you. I loved that about it. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so I, I own like the Tom Cruise collection on Blu-ray, and so I definitely am going to check that out again soon. Um, I Like all these, I need to watch the movie. Uh, World War yeah. Z, A Good Marriage, iRobot, War of the Worlds, they all have film adaptations. I don't know why I've been watching, so, I've been reading so many books with film adaptations, but I did. Uh, World War Z a is a, is an adaptation by name only. It has it is, nothing yeah. to do with the book. Yeah. I know. Well, which I is didn't... unfortunate. I was so excited for that movie when it came out. And uh, we saw it in theaters, and I was just disappointed with it. Um, yeah. And I was hoping, like, as I was reading the book, I was going to, like, pick out, like, maybe this is this person's story. And maybe it is, but I couldn't find it when I was reading. So I'm hoping when I go back and watch the movie, I'll be like, oh, this is this person's story. But it probably isn't – in that story probably isn't even related to the book at all. Yeah. So And finally, World War Z 2 is being uh, released 
should come out in 2019. I don't know if they, I don't even know if they oh. started filming yet. Okay. I think they just I think they have like everything ready to go. I just don't think it started. Gotcha. I've heard the I've heard like that, the uh I don't know if it's like director's cut or whatever is actually better than the theatrical cut or the extended cut. So I'm going to check that one out and see if it is any any different. But yeah, I've only seen it the one time. Yeah. And then uh the last one I'm what I'm currently doing now and I feel like if not Mark, Ash, you I feel like you may have read this one just given what it is. Um, I believe it's from like 1984. It's called uh, Neuromancer. Do you know that one, Ash or Mark? Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never read it. Okay. It's from uh, William Gibson. It's essentially like the precursor. It, it's like the 80s version of The Matrix. Like when I was r- reading it, I thought for sure it was... Um, I thought for sure it was like the book that the matrix matrix was based on, but apparently it's, it's, it's not like the, the, the Wachowskis don't say like, yes, this is based on this movie. And it is different now that I've like, I'm more into it, but but it is one of the first cyberpunk fil- uh, books, yes, right? Exactly. Where cyberpunk kind of started up. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I love so much about it. Cause it's just like the matrix is cyberpunk through the lens of the nineties. Whereas this is cyberpunk through the lens of the eighties. So it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, Blade Runner esque. Um, and that's really cool about it. I'm going to be completely honest though. Like I, it's just, my head has been everywhere the past couple of days. So like, I've not been concentrating on this one as much as I've been driving. So like, this is one I definitely want to, when I complete it, I'm definitely going to need to read it again, yeah. uh, probably in book form. Um, just because there's a, like a lot of different things going on and I'm not entirely sure that I know exactly what's going on. I have like the general gist of it, but that's like one problem with the audiobooks. If you're not staying focused for me at least if i'm not staying focused and i just like i lose so much of the nuance to it and i don't oh, want sure. to do that so uh this is definitely one that i'll i'll want to give another read at some point but um for what it for what i'm getting of it so far it's just like the 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 setting is fucking perfect it's i love it so much so the setting of it and like cool. even, like the female character in it is like 100 percent has to be the inspiration for um What's her name? Uh, Neo's love interest. Trinity? Uh, Trinity. Trinity, yes. Has to be Trinity. Like, she has, like, the the dark uh, glasses. Uh, like, I think, like, the look is similar. Just, like, the whole vibe of her is similar. Like, it has to be. Uh, but when I searched, like, is The Matrix based on Neuromancer? Like, everything yeah. came back that I'm sure it was inspired, but it's not. Like, the Wachowskis, or Wachowskis have never said, you know, that this is what it's based on or anything, but... Yeah. Very interesting, though. Uh, and um, yeah, so I'm liking that one a lot. And then last but not least, I uh, I did I grabbed Destiny 2 on PS4 because it was $5.99 on Amazon when you bought other things. And so Bridget put it in order and grabbed that for me. So that was really cool. Oh. Uh, so okay. I have that one Back. now, finally. Sorry, my animal's looking at me like I was a hot lunch. So. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. Have you read uh, Neuromancer by William Gibson? I have not read Neuromancer, no. Okay. Um, I feel like it'd be right up both your guys' alley, so I was I was wondering if you, either of you had, but... No, um... It's like the... Around the time I would have read Neuromancer, I was reading Necromancer. Yeah, there was like a Necromancer series uh, oh, by okay. Lundlin that I was reading at the time. Yeah, that... Gotcha. Uh, instead of ne- Neuromancer. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was I was in the vampire craze at that point, but yeah, no, that was oh, okay. good, too. Awesome. Very bloody, Damn. lots of sex. Good stuff. Oh, okay. Good. I love blood and sex, so you know that's a good thing. <laughs> at the same time, of course, of um, course, yes, yes, yeah. Actually, it has it at the same time too. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a cutter? 
<laughs> oh, yes. I love that. Nothing turns you on like a good blade through the wrist. But Ugh, last but not least, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you, um, you Mark. But uh, I did receive Night of the Living Dead on Criterion Collection Blu-ray from Chris for my birthday. Wait, so wait, thank you again, Chris, for that. Oh, happy birthday. Belated thank birthday, you. But, eh. Oh, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, the original George A. Romero Night of the Living Dead okay. from 1968. Yeah, I have not put it in yet, but I'm excited to because um, there's not been a really good Blu-ray release of it until now. So super stoked to watch that one again. But, so that is my long rambling week. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, I guess it's been two weeks since we spoke. So uh, a bit of stuff. Uh, I'll start TV wise. Um, so I finished Luke Cage season two and loved it. Good. I gotta watch that yet. Yeah. I I thought it was pretty, I thought it started off a little slow, but then really kicked up. Uh, I really enjoyed the story. I like how it ended. It makes me want to watch season three right away. Um, I'm not sure how the end of Luke Cage is going to impact the other series, if at all. Um, but yeah, so there's that. So now after Luke Cage two, um, it's going to be Iron Fist season two, and that gets released in September. And uh, again, as per uh, San Diego Comic Con, a trailer was released and was really well received. So I'm kind of pumped about it because there is a little bit of a crossover uh, with Luke Cage, and okay. uh, I dug it. So I'm really pumped for season two of Iron Fist. Although I have to admit, I am getting a little bit of superhero fatigue right now. Um, I think it's because I watched Jessica Jones uh, just before Luke Cage or, you know, soon before Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just find this between that and the movies, because uh, well, I'll jump to that right now, I guess. Um, I went to see uh, Iron Man and the Wasp uh, in IMAX 3D. Okay. Um, Loved it. I fucking loved it. Um, If you like the first Ant-Man, you'll love the second one. Um, I thought the villain in the film, uh, Ghost, was awesome. Um, Walton Goggins is in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I had no idea he was in. So that was a pleasant surprise. The humor is still there. The the action still there. Um, again, it's kind of heisty. So it was right up my alley. Okay. And uh, it's happening at the same time as Avengers 3. So... Uh, okay. It kind of explains why Ant-Man... You mean Avengers... Oh, I guess that is Avengers 3, isn't it? Yeah, Avengers 3. Uh, So it explains why Ant-Man isn't in Avengers 3. Um, So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, but I'm just... I think I'm getting a little fatigued. So I'm kind of happy that uh, Captain Marvel isn't in until March next year. Um, So I can kind of have a bit of a breather. Even though I love the Marvel movies, I just feel their last few releases have been so... They haven't felt spread out. You know, we had Black Panther in February... Uh, Avengers in uh, May and then Ant-Man in July. Um, so I guess Marvel studio wise, we're done till March, but then you've got Aquaman coming out in November. Uh, I think Venom's in October. So we're not done yet with the Spiral films. Um, that said, I do love them. I just feel between the Netflix stuff and then just the cinematic stuff. Um, I'm, I'm just getting a little burnt out. Um, so, so yeah, so I watched Low Cages in two, um, and we started and finished, uh, the Santa Clarita Diet season two, uh, just last night. Okay. Um, have you watched at all any of season two? 
I've not seen any of it. Bridget watched the first season. She really liked it, but I never watched any of it. Didn't didn't you watch season one? I thought that was the Cinefessions uh, episode. No. Oh, I guess. Oh, maybe it was one of my, you know, it was one of my challenges. And I guess, uh, from last year, you know, challenges, you know, we, we all have movie challenges. Um, people are aware of what mine are because they post about them. Not sure where you guys are at the wayside. Not sure. I don't see why it's only, it's only July. You still have time. Uh, you know, if you guys want to be men about it, uh, anyways, uh, so I watched Santa Clara diet season two, uh, 10 episodes, half hour episodes. I didn't like it as much as season one. Um, Nathan Fillion makes some appearances again in season two, which I liked. But uh, D- Timothy Oliphant grinning like he does in the show is kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> and he does it a lot because he's under a lot of stress storyline wise. Um, so I didn't enjoy season two as much. But again, it took us two nights to watch all 10 episodes, it was really quick. Um, apart from that, I started season four of Peaky Blinders. So I've got two episodes left as of uh, today's recording. So I should have that done probably by next week because uh, wrestling, so much wrestling. Um, so we recorded on the 10th last time. And so today is the 26th and we're in the middle of the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax. It's the 20th edition of this tournament. And... Uh, I just finished watching today uh, the eighth night of events. Uh, so there's 19, I guess, events total for this championship or this tournament, I should say. And I'm, I just finished night number eight, which rec- which recorded, I guess, overnight uh, last night. So uh, around two o'clock uh, tomorrow morning, that's when uh, night nine starts, if you want to watch it live. And I have been loving it. So at eight nights, about three hours plus of wrestling. So since our last podcast, I've watched probably about 28 to 30 hours of wrestling. <laughs> and wow. it's all been fantastic. Uh, unlike the WWE, which I know you like. Um, I don't. I have watched every episode or every event. And I think so far, only one night I wasn't a big fan of. Um, but the rest of the nights have all been great. Um so they're kind of doing uh, blocks of matches at once. So like there'll be three nights of wrestling, then a few days off, then four nights of wrestling, then a few days off. Uh, so we're in the third block of, of shows. I think there's four shows in a row and uh, they're great. It's been great wrestling. I'm learning new characters. Uh, I'm really getting to the storylines. It's fantastic. I'm watching this all off uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World or NJPWWorld.com. It's 999 yen a month which uh, in Canadian funds, it comes out to about $12 and change with uh, the PayPal exchange rate. So I guess uh, for uh, for uh, you Americans down under, my border, um, it'd be about 10 bucks a month. And uh, again, I'm loving it. Uh, the, the feeds are, are clear. Um, all the uh, G1 uh, events have English commentary. So if you can't watch your wrestling without commentary, there's fantastic commentary by Kevin Kelly and uh, and Romero, uh, Rocky Romero, who's part of Rapongi 3K. Uh, but yeah, so lots of wrestling. It's all been good. Um, so that's that TV-wise for me. Uh, when it comes to movies, um, I've been watching a lot of movies on days where there's no wrestling during my days off. So I have um, enough uh, movies for my... Uh, Cinefession Challenges. You know the movie challenges we talked about earlier this year that you guys have forgotten about? Uh, I'm still doing mine. 
Good. Uh, because, uh, you know, I'm dedicated. And um, Hey, at least one of us is. That's all we need to continue is one of us. Yeah, the weight is all on my shoulders. So I've been watching a whole bunch of Kino Luber things. Um, so I won't talk about the movies I've already placed reviews on because, well, they're on our Instagram and there's links on our Twitter account and whatnot. Um, but uh, ones that are coming up that I haven't posted about yet, I've got uh, They're Playing With Fire from 1984 with Sybil Dining which was so good because of Cinnable Dining. Um, I watched the 1959's Compulsion. It's an Orson Welles movie about the Leopold and Leb case from 1924. It was a murder case. Um, so it's a true, it's a true crime story, which I liked. I didn't love. And, uh, I just watched yesterday Solar Babies from 1986 with uh, Jason Patrick, Lucas Haas, Jamie Gertz. Um, it's shit. It's fucking horrendous. Uh, but, uh, my review will be posted up, uh, in the next, uh, few weeks, depending how, uh, our, our, uh, our posting goes here, because I don't want to burn through all these, uh, reviews too, too quickly. Um, non movie challenge wise, because, uh, I do have time for other things too, because I really don't do anything else with my life. Um, I watched, uh, off Netflix, uh, a documentary called Barbecue from 2017 and talks about how barbecue uh, evolves depending on what cultures you're in across the world. So I really thought it would be a a documentary about Southern barbecue, but it was a global documentary on barbecue in general. Uh, It was really interesting. Um, Slightly boring. I was also actually sick (laughs) from work that day. Um, So it took me about three hours to watch a 90 minute movie because I kept falling asleep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that kind of, so barbecue, not bad. Um, I also watched The Comedian from 2016 with uh, Robert De Niro and Leslie Bibb. And it plays, it's about De Niro, who's an aging comic. He's in his 60s and he meets uh, a woman. And, uh, you know, it's so it's more of a relationship dramedy with the New York comedy scene as a backdrop. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I actually liked it quite a bit. I thought De Niro had a really good performance in that. Leslie Bibb was awesome as well. And because a lot of the podcasts I listen to are comedy podcasts from New York, um, there was a lot of um, uh, comedian uh, cameos in the film, which I was able to uh, pick out, which I uh, I enjoyed. Um, apart from that, um, I did watch Interstellar, which was one of my 12 movies I should watch before the year is over. So that's number six out of my 12 that I've watched so far. Uh, have you guys watched Interstellar from uh, Christopher Nolan? Yeah. I've seen yeah, it. I loved it up until the end. I the hated ending the ending. Pissed me off so yeah, fucking much. Oh my god! Yes, me too. I still think it's a great film. Like Nolan makes good movies, but yeah. I, it's at the bottom of my Nolan list because I just did not like that ending at all. I won't mention it for spoilers, but uh, I was not a fan of it. Well, and that, um, the thing that irritates me is they had a perfectly good. Science, you know, like a science, fi- yeah. you know, sci-fi, like ending plan for it, and they fucked it up. And it's just like, really, we're going with this? Uh. Yeah, not a fan. Um, I guess last thing that I saw, uh, I just saw actually on Tuesday. I went to see the Equalizer two with Denzel Washington. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, if you like the first Equalizer. You'll love the second one. It's violent. It's actually very violent, very, very bloody, uh, which I tend to enjoy. I like my blood without the sex. I like my sex, and then I like my bloody films, not at the same time. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what? I disregarded the first Equalizer because I'm like, whatever. Then I saw it on Netflix and I fucking loved it. So I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not. I would assume it still is. But uh, if you like the first uh, Equalizer, uh, number two is more the same. So yay on that. And uh, I think that's all for me. You know, it's been two weeks. Um, oh, I guess video game wise, I'm still playing fucking Darkest Dungeon. Um, I feel that I'm spinning my tires because I, I guess you got to do the Darkest Dungeon four times. I beat the first one. I got to do the second one. I just don't have the right combination of characters to beat it or... I, I don't know. I, I'm at a point where I'm almost ready to just look up online for help because I play this game so fucking much that I want to play other games. Um, but I'm so close to finishing. And then I got all that DLC. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm still playing Darkest Dungeon. Um, I'm still playing The Evil Within, but the game's giving me actually vertigo as I play, so I'm getting headaches. So I want to play the game, but you know, after about a half hour, I get dizzy and I can't play it anymore with headaches. So... I'm trying to force myself through that. And with that, I think that's my uh, two weeks in media. Excellent. All right. So let's move over to our review for the week. So we are talking, of course, about Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead from 2014. So as always, there will be spoilers for this. And uh, chances are there's going to be spoilers for the original as well. So just keep that in mind moving forward. So the original theatrical debut, it debuted in the U.S. at the Sundance Film Festival on January 19th, 2014. It was uh, written, uh, it was directed by Tommy Wercola and written by Tommy Wercola and Stick Frode Henriksen, I'm butchering that, uh, who were from the original as well. And then uh, also had Vigar Hoel, Hoel, whatever, who is uh, the only new writer on this sequel. It has an IMDb score of 6.9 out of the 19,412 current votes. It has a Metacritic score of 59 and an 83% tomato meter score with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 68%. It currently has 3.28 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd based on 3,925 ratings. It had a budget of 35 million Norwegian funds. And I didn't find anything about uh, the gross, what it grossed. Uh, and it clocks in at 110 minutes in length. So, Ash, what is your history with Dead Snow 2? Have you seen this one previously? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we, um, I ended up watching it after you, uh, after we did, or no, actually I watched, I don't remember when I watched it, but it was around the time we watched the original to, or the first one to, uh, review it for the podcast. I remember that much. Okay. So I've, this is like the second time I've seen it. Okay. Very good. And what about you, Mark? Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I saw this in theaters, but uh, yeah, I think I, I watched it soon after this got released on Blu-ray. Okay, very. I'm good. pretty sure. I don't. I don't think this got a theatrical release in my neck of the woods. I don't think so. But if it did, I would have gone and seen it then. That's for sure. Yeah, looking through here, I don't really see a wide release. Um, I see some festivals in Canada. And uh, that's about a nice, even even in U.S., it was just a limited release. Mostly it was just festivals and then to uh, Blu-ray and streaming online and whatnot. So, you know what? Been difficult. I, I didn't see it in theaters because I remember uh, watching this on my couch and being a little disappointed with the film. Okay. Just because it was in English. Oh, gotcha. 
you know, like I understood why, because the first film was such a cult film and they got more money now. So they want a wider audience. Um, but right. I was kind of bummed out. Like I'm, I'm sitting on a couch and I'm like, this is, is this all in English? And uh, I was, I was really bummed out by that because I enjoy watching these movies in their native tongue. And, uh, well, in this case, I guess the native tongue is English because it's an English film, but I think it would have been so much better if it was just, uh, filmed, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, in Nor- Norwegian. So when I, and this is the first time I'm watching it too. Um, when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's in English. I thought for sure it was dubbed when I started watching. It. I was like, oh shit. Like, so my Amazon prime ended like Sunday or something. And I didn't okay. realize that Dead Snow 2 was on there, so I could have watched it before Sunday, and I didn't, wouldn't have to pay for it. But, of course, I didn't do that. So, um, And we didn't re-up it yet. We're probably going to do that in a couple of weeks. But um, So I had to rent it from Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime. And it started up, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is going to be like fucking um, Jesus Christ, Cold Prey, where it's dubbed, and I'm going to hate it. But then I, yeah. I start watching. I'm like, oh, no, like, this is this is definitely in English because like the lips are matching up. Like these people are definitely speaking English and I had to look it yeah. up and it, yeah, it's in English. So I didn't, I, I liked that it was in English, um, that it was filmed that way. If it was dubbed over, then I would have been annoyed, but I didn't mind the fact that it was, you know, that it was filmed in English, I guess. Yeah. This, I knew that it was a comedy and it was supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Did you not realize that in the first one? I don't remember. No, no, no. No, the first one, like, I thought it was just really shitty acting, like, for the first half of the movie, because it just was not funny. Oh, to me. And the second gotcha. half of the movie got better, but yeah. No, yeah, this that's one, right. You I, weren't as big a fan of Dead Snow no, as Mark and I no. were. I liked this one. Well, you know, we'll get into it, but I like this one better. Interesting. Okay, interesting. So I love that the uh, the very opening shot is is a throwback. So obviously it's the end of the second movie, which, uh, or the first movie rather. Or the first movie. But yeah. It's also like a throwback. So if we think back to the very first movie, very first as if it was so long ago, but we think back to the first movie, it, the opening shot was like this woman or this girl running through the woods and we didn't know like through the snowy woods, we didn't know what was going on. That's like the very opening shot is basically that exact same shot just with the guy running through the woods. I thought that was a good uh, homage to the original. I really like that. Um, and I was also appreciative of the fact that they did a quick recap of the original to start because I was thinking to myself, damn, I don't know that I remember exactly what happened at the end of the first one. But then as the recap played, I was like, oh, that's right. He had that coin in his car and then the zo- he bent down, picked it up and popped up in the zombies outside the window. That's right. So I appreciated yeah, I, that. I, I think it was smart that he did do that. Just mm-hmm. because, again, the first film being a low budget, you know, foreign horror movie, exactly. um, this would come to a, to a bigger, uh, viewing audience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I myself, I would not go see a sequel if I never saw the first one. Just, right. but that's just me though, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, having them recap it, <laughs> especially since, again, it's a foreign film, uh, I think it was a smart thing. Definitely, definitely agree. Um, definitely appreciated it. That's for sure. Um, and I lo- also love the fact that this picks up like literally exactly where the first one ends. So it's, you know, kind of like Halloween to Halloween too. It's just from the very end of the movie of the mm-hmm. first one right into this one. And I like that. Um, and, uh, the, the first zombie kill I thought was fucking awesome with the like intestine getting stuck on the car and he starts driving away and it just like keeps stringing <laughs> out. I was like, oh, it's fantastic. I loved it so much. I wonder if that would hurt. I don't. <laughs> I feel like it would just you know, feel like, weird. 
Like, right? It's it's like you have to pee or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you know, because you're already split open and you're probably feeling shock at that. Right. But just to see your intestines start like unwinding mm-hmm. and I'm just, yeah, it's like, oh, maybe I need to have a poop or something. I right. don't know. It feels, some, something's weird here, you exactly. know? Exactly. I know. I agree. <laughs> um, I love, so the fucking, the idiot. It gets out of his car at the beginning here. It starts giving the zombie mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. I was, <laughs> I thought that was so funny, just so stupid. Because like he doesn't know, but like it's just so dumb. It was hilarious. I just, I, I just loved his facial expression when right. he goes to the first breath. And like, I, I can only imagine how from Munda his oh, mouth must smell like. I know. <laughs> and he goes back in for a second breath. I was like, oh man, you are committed. Good for you. <laughs> Well, you felt guilty for hitting him. Exactly. I like the radio's line is, uh, is he, they're singing something or saying something like flies as well as glides as the car is like in slow motion flying through the air. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Well done, Tommy. Well done. <laughs> um, So right from the beginning, I was like super stoked. I was like, yeah, we're getting more of the same from the original, like lots of gore, like craziness. And then the zombie, I think it was Herzog looks out over the water and we see the city with all the lights on i'm like yes like uh, this is if this is like the first movie but amplified because we're with a city now as opposed to like four survive like four randos mm-hmm. like this is going to be fucking awesome like i was so stoked at this point ready for that and then we didn't get that at all so let's well we got we got some of it not we didn't get what i was thinking we were going to get at all ah okay yeah um right from the beginning and it it was just it turns out it was just the angle of the shot but i thought martin looked significantly different than he did in the original like i don't know if it was like a weight gain or something but like i thought he looked a lot different but then as the movie went on i was thinking that i don't think he looked as different as i thought he did originally so it was just like the angle of him sitting in the bed that made him look I so think, different. I think maybe it's just his haircut because his hair was more buzzed in this film. Um, yeah, and that could be too. And I didn't remember what his hair looked like in the original. I guess. Well, he, he it was kind of th- it was it was short and like you know like closely cut to the to the to the scalp. But yeah. uh, just in this one here, he's just well you know he's a few years older, and uh, it just looked like his hair was more buzzed than uh, than the first film. Mm-hmm. But what I like about the scene and like, you know, we were heading to the hospital and what I like about horror movies, right? And this is also the reason why I like Halloween 2, the H2 zombie film, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the final girl or final guy in a horror film, you know, loses all of their friends, his, her friends, and, you know, survives the onslaught. But then what? It's not like you go back to... You know, you go back home, you smoke a cigarette, you go to bed, right? Mm-hmm. The cops get involved, you go to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I like the whole PTSD angle with Halloween 2. And how I liked how in this one here, you know, he gets blamed for killing all his friends. Right. Like, how 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 do you, how else would you see that happening? You're like, exactly. like, what other outcome would there be? So right. I, I like how, you know, you kind of explore this again in this film here. It's like, yeah, you survived the first film, but now you got to deal with the repercussions. Right. You know? Yeah. And I have to admit, Martin looks pretty guilty. Mm-hmm. Covered in blood and missing an arm. Pretty fucking guilty to me. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah, I, I, I like this. I love the reveal of the arm because it's just like, it took me a minute, 
and it as it as it like was intended i feel like but just to kind of realize the consequences of them attaching this arm back uh and i just thought that was fucking fantastic and then like the whole almost like idle hands thing going on but with the arm i thought that mm-hmm. was that was really fun i really i really like that aspect of it yeah, and, and it's funny too. Like the doctor, you know, like oh, we're able to reattach your arm. I know like, he's so happy with himself. Wouldn't you notice it's not his arm, <laughs> right? Know? Exactly. So it was a really cool makeup job to show the the separation between yeah. his nub and the uh, and Herzog's arm. Yep. There was a line with the older couple that's about to get killed. He says, "Emma, I think you have to remove your teeth tonight." <laughs> oh my yes. god! Uh, I almost vomited. Yeah. I want some head. I know, because I'm in the mood for head. I was like, oh, Jesus. That was uh, so fucking Yeah, gross. that's on my new ringtone on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uh, calls me ever. Exactly. Ever. It's I am so lonely. Uh, but yeah, fuck. It's just it's shit like that that makes me laugh. And especially right. that it's in, you know, like these people don't, you know, English isn't their first language. So you mm-hmm. got that accent, which just accentuates it so much more like uh when we when we meet uh gunga who's the um the head of the police in that small town mm-hmm. and just the way he speaks and how he pronounces you know uh, yeah. norwegian names but with the english accent it just i guess that's part of the, the gag and it just makes me laugh so you know as much as i, I didn't like it that it's in english uh, there's moments where i'm like okay it works better you know in English, then it would be with subtitles. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. The, here's uh, a fun fact. Apparently, yeah. they filmed it at the same time. They, they would they, they pulled a Harry Potter. They filmed it in English and Norwegian at the same time. So they did an English take and a Norwegian take. So apparently. No shit. Uh, yeah. Well, I have to check to see if my Blu-ray has a Norwegian uh, cut of the film. I don't think it does. Yeah. yeah, it says it was shot in both English and Norwegian at the same time. Huh. Huh. That's weird. Interesting. Mm. I don't see why they would do that. Just do it in Norwegian. I don't know. Anyways. Um, I love that we had like the, the, the zombie doctor Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <me> um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it just felt like they're even smarter zombies this time around. Um, and I think that works though because it was kind of set up that way in the original. And so it feels cohesive here, which I like. Yeah, the zombies were smart in the first film. We just didn't see doctors and more like mm-hmm. secondary uh, characters, right? It was just uh, exactly. it was just infantry. Right. So uh, it, it was cool to see. Like now we got like the tank uh, commander with yeah. the eye patch, and it looked really cool. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like the uh, the zombie leader has superpowers as he awakens. Uh, what what did he do? Like awaken the rest of his army, or what the fuck was it? Or just like the cemetery? Yeah, well, I guess you have to make it bigger for the sequel, right? So right. now he's able to reanimate the dead himself. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks, <laughs> you know? Uh, I liked when he walked into the church as he was chasing the priest and like the the bleeding uh, like mosaic windows. I thought that was a pretty cool touch as mm-hmm. he walked in there. I thought that was nice. I didn't like the kid in this movie who uh, un- uh, un- in unleashes. The, in the hospital? Yeah. I thought he was annoying as huh. hell. I, I thought he was funny. Really? The yeah, ki- the, the kid, too. you know, just hey, yeah. uh, little boy, I've got chocolate. Falling for the, uh, I have chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I just, it, it's so I ridiculous. Thought, I thought too old for that. Oh, You're well, never you know, too whatever. old for fucking chocolate, Jesus. Yeah, 
<laughs> and plus, the kid was a redhead, right? So, uh. <laughs> I did love that he threw the little fucker out the window, though. That was fantastic. Even even better. <laughs> yeah. Even better is when he goes to give him like CPR, his fucking chest just implodes. I loved that so much. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You have to admit, you gotta like that kid though. Like, yeah, a pretty cool Gorgag. I like his demise, that's for sure. Aww, he's. <laughs> um. So then we meet the so oh the other great part of that was uh, the Mercedes Benz. Uh, logo or whatever the fuck it's like hood ornament being mm-hmm. used as like a, a ninja star ninja star thank you yeah that was hilarious I love that um, but from, from there we, we eventually we come to meet the zombie squad and immediately I fell in love with uh, Jocelyn Dober I don't know her name but I thought she was absolutely gorgeous um, the one with the glasses no Jocelyn the oh the, the star boy. wars nerd? star wars girl yeah oh i did not like her at all so i'm just talking aesthetically i thought she was oh, beautiful okay. when i when i first saw her and then the whole so like one of my major problems was with this was <laughs> the way that these people were written okay yeah like yeah this fake super it just it felt superficial nerdy and like just so fake and i hate that shit like it was not funny it it just didn't seem natural at all for these people and i just didn't like them because of it well to to me it's only um the star wars girl let me go back here uh I just lost my page. Um, Monica, Monica, uh, who plays a star wars nerd um i didn't like her character at all because it felt forced like, especially at the end of the film when she goes, me the first be with you. I like, know, it was just stupid. What the fuck? Yeah, so I thought her character was written poorly. Yeah. I really like Blake a lot, though. And uh, like Daniel, Blake. Martin Starr, uh, he was okay. I liked um, the, I thought I liked the guy. I wasn't a fan of the girl for Daniel? some reason. But. Really? Oh, I thought the girl with the glasses, I thought she was good. Um, at least written better than Monica. Mm-hmm. Um but even like Daniel, like I like Martin Starr. I think he's a very funny guy. I did not like the Zombie Squad that much in this movie. Yeah, I and I just think it was, I the whole thing was just like weird. It was so convenient. Like they just they talked to Martine for for like thirty seconds, and they're just they're all of a sudden going to make this trip out to Norway. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, we'll go with it. So, I guess. Some of that, I, well, I had wait, to see. I couldn't wait. finish my thought. Well, well, you got to think though. You know, they probably think it's like some grand adventure, and in realistically, I in there went in Iceland, trip to Norway, and that much. <laughs> yeah, we'll just pop over there. Why not? Oh, I thought they were in the states because they start chanting USA. Yeah, yeah, they're American, and he flew to oh, to Norway. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got confused. I I keep oh, forgetting because no. I remember I was reading through and it was. Filmed in Iceland, so it's like, yeah, they're just in Iceland. Oh, gotcha. It's not that big a deal. Right. Yeah, I, I just, I just felt the zombie squad was kind of tacked on, and mm-hmm. they could have done the movie without them. Yeah, they really could have. Like, like, they, like, like they're they want to be like the Scooby Doo squad, right? And yeah. I don't know. I just, it just didn't really work for me. Uh, I would preferred not having them. Um, it, it, they do have a few moments in the film, but uh, largely, I wasn't a big fan of the zombie squad. I just hate how like how easily everything came to them. Like first off, just sh- they're just gonna go there. Okay, these three kids who, whatever, like they don't 
know much of anything in reality. They're just going to show up in Norway. Okay. And then um, they have the, uh, the, the guy has the idea that they're going to go to this like um, Russian burial ground to get these people. And that works for him. And then the um, Star Wars girl, Monica, has the idea that you have to kill Herzog. And that works for him. It's just like everything came so easy. It's like you could have just... Like they they didn't have any knowledge base other than they watched zombie movies. Like you could have made the guy who they found in the in the shop, uh, in the purple shirt who followed them around. He could have had he could have been yeah. that person. You know what I mean? Like it just well, and, and not just that. It, there was just a thing of like there they've landed in Norway, and then they just <laughs> find Martin because they use the Find My Phone app. I'm I like, I'm, I'm uh, I, no. I, you I can't just track somebody's phone, but they say they're nerds, right. so that's what they do. They're hackers. But I just them get, meeting them at the uh, at the museum was a little too easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just not a fan of their presence. They, again, they had moments um, like when they're shopping for weapons, and you know they're like at a home uh, Norwegian Home Depot, and you know Mark. they're getting their bill. That was a funny scene. Um, but yeah, I just find their, their moments too few and far apart. Yeah, I think Ash is having some technical difficulties. Here. So hang on. Um, I don't see Mark at all. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear yeah, you. I hear fine. You. Yeah. I don't see. I see Mark there, but I don't hear him. I hear everybody. You hear him? I don't hear him. So you guys aren't hearing each other. I hear both of you. Okay. It, interesting. It is. All right. Well, don't just keep your yep audacity recording and and Garage Man recording going. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me try stopping the. Zencaster. Okay. At an hour twelve. Alright. Ash, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Mark, could you hear Ash? Nope, I can't hear him. Alright, so let's... his his bar is like uh, grayed out. Okay. So let me try this. Everyone there? I'm here. Hey, I can hear you now. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. That is weird. Alright. So everyone's back. Yeah, it was like all of a sudden. Yep. Uh, it's like it's like you you were like responding to nothing. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> I figured someone was going because you were talking and Mark was talking, and I was like, I and then and then I finally heard you say, I don't hear Mark, and so I was like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. Okay. So, Mark, you were saying uh, that's why you didn't like the zombie squad, and I was yeah. going to have something to go along with that. I don't remember what. Ash, did you want to jump in in a couple seconds here with your thoughts on the zombie squad? Yeah. Okay. Give it like 10 seconds or 15 seconds. You can jump back in. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of contrary to what, you know, your guys' opinion on it, but I actually thought the zombie squad was kind of fun. But I, I, mean, I was expecting it to be kind of over the top and ridiculous, and they just added to that significantly for me. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, no, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed them, but for me, and I, I didn't hate them. It was just like, like when they tried to be nerds, when they tried to have like that that fandom. That's what I really disliked, and obviously eh. that was specifically with Monica. But, um, fair enough. Fair enough. I love that they were using the intestines to siphon out the gas from the bus so that they could <laughs> fill the tank. I thought that was fucking hilarious. It, oh, it's it. an inventive way to use uh, intestines. Exactly. You know, who would have thought? It was so great. Um, and then that that fantastic fist of doom. It was so fantastic. Like my favorite is when he punches the guy in the head, and it just literally like explodes the dude's head. That was fucking awesome. I loved it so much. Such a cool moment. 
Oh, when he's fighting the zombies yeah. in the buses? Yes, yeah. exactly. And I don't know. I I hate watching people puke so much. <laughs> and there was uh-huh. so much puking in this movie. And then at one point, like the, the zombie pet guy starts eating it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but, this is disgusting. Now, do you recognize who that guy is? No. Okay, the zombie pet guy, that's Christoph Jarner, who we saw two of his movies during our uh, oh my our, God, uh, Norwegian. Yes. Yeah, he was in um, in The Monitor, and yeah. he was in the first next one door. we watched, uh, ne- uh, Next Door. Yeah, that's him. I told I so, didn't recognize him. Wow. So I recognized him because when he was he was in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. And he was being uh, he was being lowered. I'm like, ah, it's Christoph Jarner. And uh, yeah, and then he becomes the pet zombie, which I completely forgotten about. And mm-hmm. I love this character. I, you felt so bad for him. He goes from like normal human to becoming a puppy at the end. Exactly. I felt so bad later on when they're fucking stuck in the mud. I was just like, oh, <laughs> this is just hard to watch. Like, <laughs> it's oh, that's what it's what I love about this movie. It, it goes first film had some pretty cool gore scenes. And this one, it, that much better, you know? <laughs> Just imagining yourself in that position. Oh, oh, man. It makes my body tense just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I Oh, there was that moment when the tank is coming down the street. And so, like, the um, they're, like, kind of, uh, like, attacking the, the city or whatever, the, the town. And they throw the woman through the window. And before she can get up, the tank goes by and smashes her. That looked so mm-hmm. cool. I loved it. It's just a small moment with uh, a character that means nothing, but it just looked really cool. So I like that. Well, well, see, and then like they do invade the town, right? Mm-hmm. And like, or at least they invaded some smaller towns as they're yeah. heading up to the big towns. Exactly. And just them running in and just beating people up in their houses. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, the family at the dinner table and uh, there was oh, the couple, the old couple in the bathroom. Now, right. I I love my fiance and when she becomes my wife, I will love her as much. Um, I will never be on the toilet while she's in the tub. <laughs> that know. will never happen. Okay? Yeah, that, that doesn't happen with us either. No, <laughs> So, you know, so that's gross to begin with. Right. And then them being assaulted and killed by zombies with uh, with hatchets. Um, you deserve it. <laughs> because <laughs> you should not be sharing these moments uh, with your loved sequence. ones. Yeah, some... This whole sequence. Oh, sorry. Okay. It's okay. Don't worry, buddy. Go ahead. Uh, uh, they, uh, this whole sequence reminds me of the, the dreams that David has in American Werewolf in London, where he's like at home. And uh, they're watching the Muppets and zombie werewolves kick over, or not not yeah. Nazi werewolves kick <laughs> open the door and just shoot his family up and kill. You know, it, it, this whole sequence just reminds me of that so much. It's just yeah, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. I didn't understand. Like, so I don't. I cannot remember the guy's name, but the um the character who Which you met one? at the um at like the museum that they were at or whatever. Glenn. Glenn. Glenn Kenneth, yes. Yes, Glenn. I didn't understand, like, why they were doing this, um, like, he was in the closet thing. I thought that was just so weird. Like, we don't meet any of his other characters. Like, why why are they keeping him in the closet? Like, what's the point of this? And then 
like the end happens and he's like about to come out and then he gets a knife through the neck. I'm like, okay, I guess that's why just to like set up this gag. But I thought that was so pointless to me. Oh, uh, uh, it's it's pre me too, you know. <laughs> it's like I, I remember laughing at the time. No, not so much. It's like whatever, you know. Yeah. We've all evolved within a few years. But uh, I just like that uh, Stig Hendrickson comes back in this movie as a different character. That's totally different than his first character, who was a big, you know, stud sex maniac. And in this one, he's an emo closeted uh, gay guy, you know. Uh, so it's like the two, it's like two different uh, polarities, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I just like the actor. I think he's He's a very funny guy, and I think he plays the character really well. Um, and I, I think it's funny that when he's finally comfortable to say, you know what, like I've I've survived all this stuff, you know, this is who I am, and then doesn't isn't able to get you know his proclamation out. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is played for a laugh. Uh, why was he made as a homosexual in this film? Who knows. Um, I just think it's weird that that character would work at a uh, war museum. It just, he seems more <laughs> in tune with Hot Topic, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> the way but uh, I'm just glad he was in this movie as well because I loved him in the first film. Yeah, I honestly didn't even realize that was him from the first movie. That's how, that's how yeah. good of an actor he was. So. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they had that moment where like he's he's leading the zombies back so that they can blow them up. Him and the two girls, mm-hmm. and then they they do it and they just start a USA chant. I'm like, what the fuck? It was the yeah. f- fucking weirdest. Like, it's so weird. Their characters were just so strange to me. Yeah, I j- I just don't like them. I know. I just don't. Um. No, oh, yeah, we already talked about that. Watching the the zombie get used as like the way to get out of the mud. It just hurts. Um, now, I didn't. Can we talk? Can yeah. we talk about the cops in this movie? That's I was just gonna. I was just gonna mention. Yeah, go for it. Oh, really? okay. I fucking love the police force in this film, especially like I mentioned before. The uh, I guess the, the captain, uh, Gunga, played by Halvard Holman, who was apparently in the uh, first. Actually, he's in all three of the um, of the uh, movies we watched. Fuck, what Cold were they Prey? called? Uh, Cold Prey. I, I don't remember him in Cold Prey though. Was he was he a cop in Cold Prey as well? Teach me, man. I can't. As you I, can I, tell, I didn't even know the main character in the first movie was in the second movie as another main character. So don't <laughs> ask me who was in the other fucking movie. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I, I think he plays a, a cop in it. Um, I just, I just don't remember his character. So, oh yeah, okay, he is a cop in the movie. Okay. He is a cop in the movie. Um, anyways, uh, his care again. Oh, so he plays another cop. Um. I think he's hilarious. Like he's so un PC, drives like shit, shows up late, complains about everything. Like even the comment about, you know, like what's in the docket today. And there's like a anti marijuana uh, speech in school and he finds it boring. Mm-hmm. And then he talks to his, uh, his coworker, uh, the very beautiful, uh, let me go back here. Um, what was her name? Uh, Hannah, I believe it was. No, not Hannah. Uh, Rita, who's played yeah. by Amrita Asharia. Ash- um, you know, it's like her, uh, his second in command and she's all, you know, dressed properly. And he, he tells her, you know, we've talked about being more casual at work. So she undoes her top button on her uniform. Right. Like this guy is so wrong, but I fucking loved him. I thought he was so funny. 
Uh, and just the fact that, you know, like it's, it, it's a police force that doesn't get a lot of funding. So they don't have all the best equipment and, you know, they're, they're so over their heads. It's, I don't know. I just, it just, it made me laugh. Like it's, it's these small things that I really enjoy. And even though they're not in the film that much, I thought they added so much to the movie. Yeah, I'm glad you liked him. I thought he was just incredibly annoying and I didn't like the the police force at all. The only character I liked oh. on the police force was the was yeah. the female was the female cop. I liked her. Um she yeah. just seemed to be a, a real character as opposed to these other people who were just trying to be funny and it just didn't it didn't work. For okay. Me. I'm glad I'm glad it worked for you. Did you like uh, what did you think about the police characters, Ash? Eh, I, they were I don't know. They Not worked for the rest of the film. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I could take him or leave him. Gotcha. Um, there's a point where I forget who. Oh, I think it's the 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 guy from the Zombie Squad says, "You've created a whole new genre here, man." I just felt like that was Tommy. Uh, what's his name? Wakora. Yeah, Workala patting himself on the back a little much there. That made me laugh. <laughs> He's like, "You just created a whole new genre here, man." Which, frankly, he kind of does. Mm-hmm. With this, uh, you know, zombie war genre thing that he's got going on, but uh, I thought that was humorous. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Has there been another movie where zombies are pitted against other zombies? There must have, right? I, none that I know of offhand, like, but maybe. I like. I'm sure I've come across zombies versus well, okay, strippers versus zombies, right? <laughs> yep. I don't. Know, it just it just seems that it's been done before. I don't know. But maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows? One thing that I did love about this movie is just like, and you got a real good sense of it when the two zombie armies are kind of facing off, is just how exceptional the zombie makeup really is. Yes. They do such a great job. Like each character is different and unique and has like just different features to it that make him stand out. And when they're face to face about to go to war, it's just, I was just blown away by how good they all looked. I, I thought the money was well spent on these zombie costumes. I found that they looked a little less decent near the end when they had so many zombies to do. Um, like especially the, um, the main, uh, Stavarin, who's the main, I guess, uh, Russian zombie. Mm-hmm. I found at times the makeup didn't look that great on him, especially, mm-hmm. you know, on wider shots outside. Okay. Uh, but for the most part, like they didn't spend any, they, they spent what they need to be on the special effects. Like the zombies are one thing, but all the blood in the guts, I thought looked so good. So, um, I, I just feel that maybe with so many zombies on screen at once during that war, not everything looked up to snuff. But again, that's just me nitpicking though. Right. I don't know why this small moment bugged me so much, but it did. When all of a sudden, like both police cars won't start. And so neither of them can move and like they have to like jump out of the car because I think like the tank is coming or whatever. Or they're about to shoot him. I don't know why that bugged me so much, but it's like you motherfuckers drive these cockroaches all the time. And now all of a sudden both these cars aren't going to start. No, but mm-hmm. they made a comment that they didn't have enough money for batteries for their cars. Oh, did they? And then I yeah, yeah, earlier in the movie. Well, because you were hating on the cops. So probably like over exactly. your, your hatred for these Norwegian police officers that are just doing their job. They're trying to, you know, protect uh, the community that they're in. Um, yeah, they're talking about how they're not getting any funding. So that's why they can't even replace the batteries in their cars. Mm-hmm. So that's why when a tank comes, the cars won't start because the batteries are dead. Uh, um, 
such a small thing that shouldn't bother me, but it did. Anyway, I loved Herzog throwing Martin when they're in the house. He throws Martin through like through the ceiling, like he punches him through the ceiling. And so like we see him go through the ceiling, then we see him like fall down, like coming down the stairs and like down, oh. like falling. Down. That was such a like to me. That was the highlight of the giant, the whole battle scene, which I thought was pretty fun overall. But to me, that was my favorite part. I love that. Yeah, I love it. It was one on one between them two because yeah. like that that is a pretty funny scene. That's very Three Stooges, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the whole battle itself, I've. I found that that scene, or at least the fight, which, you know, that's what the film is building up to. Yeah. I thought it was too long. Oh, I, um, I, I didn't think it was too long. I just didn't think it was, other than that scene, I didn't think it was too terribly memorable. Other than that, and then, like, the final moment with Herzog in the tank. Because to me, it felt, the, the scene felt like zombie Braveheart. Really. Because, <laughs> like, they're, they're, you know what I mean? Um, they're, 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 they're zombies. But they're they're fighting with like hatchets and whatnot, and to me, it just felt like a medieval fight between two warring um, clans. Yeah, and um, not so much zombies fighting, you know. Uh, right, and um, because they're, because they're sm- they're smart reanimated corpses, exactly. right? They're not just they're brainless not. zombies. Right. So d- to me, it felt very medieval, and I found it just kind of that that whole like last scene really lasted a little too long for my taste okay fair enough yeah i thought it was sad when uh the zombie pet boy got ran over by the tank because i thought at that point i thought he was done for i was like (laughs) oh there he goes but i i absolutely loved and i saw it coming i'm sure we all did but just like once they get to the tank i totally knew that he was going to get his head blown off by the tank but i thought it still worked like i enjoyed that moment i thought that was done pretty well yeah uh, and then that stupid ass made the force be with you line, which ruined what otherwise would have been a great moment. Yeah, I I really didn't like that. Yeah, Ash, you were a fan. I like, hmm. Ash was what? laughing his ass off when she said, "May the force be with you." Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Ha ha, sweet." Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought jumping to the end here, I thought like. His dead girlfriend looked genuinely fucking creepy when she came back from the dead. Uh, what excellent makeup work there. And then, like, just the idea of them having sex to me was just nauseating. Uh, but <laughs> it just grossed me the fuck out, man. I think the ending of Dead Snow 2 Red vs. Dead is one of the greatest endings in cinematic history. It's just because Pet Boy comes back. Uh, not not just after the whole kerfuffle with the with the war, he drives back and digs up his girlfriend because he's got the part to reanimate now. He's bloody. He's a mess. His face was on a fucking hot stove, so he's beaten up. Right. He looks like a zombie. And in the background, they're playing Total Eclipse of the Heart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> From the beginning of that scene up until the end credits, practically the whole song where he digs her up. Because during the whole course of the movie, there's flashbacks of his guilt for killing her in the first film. So he digs her up. She comes back. She looks awesome as a zombie. Mm-hmm. And then she's, they start making out and they have sex in the car. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was tearing up. <laughs> I thought it was such a beautiful moment. <laughs> It was such a beautiful moment in the story of them together because now he's able to come back to his girlfriend. 
He's got the power to bring her back so they can be together once again. I fucking loved it. As much as I thought the previous scene was too long, this is one of the best endings to a movie ever. Ever. It's like, I, 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 part of me is like, you're being facetious, but then that part's like, no, he's I'm genuine. Being, he's, he, this is I'm legit. being 100%. This is true Mark right here. This is true maple <laughs> bacon. I tell you right true now, I, 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 I legit love the end of this movie. Oh, I forgot what song was playing in the background, because, but I was just anticipating to see this ending. I fucking loved it. Well, good. It didn't quite have that effect on me, but what about you, Ash? <laughs> it was just like the ending. Of- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was fine, but it grossed me out. That's that's what it did for me. Hey, you know fine. what? Necrophilia means never having to say you're sorry. There you go. <laughs> Cinefession's words to live by. You're welcome. <laughs> Necrophilia means you never have to shower. Well, there's that too. Oh man! So, anything else that you gents want to add about Dead Snow Two? Ah, not not me, no. All right. So, Ash, what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Dead Snow Two: Red versus Dead? Well, the first one I I didn't think was very funny. It had some good effects and stuff. This one I thought was hilarious. I, I of course I went in going expecting an over the top you know zombie horror comedy, and this does not disappoint. Um, I, I think the story's funny. The effects are great. The zombie makeup looks great. Um, they did a, you can tell they had fun doing it too. And and it, and it shows it's, it's just a fun film. And, and if you like zombie gore and you like comedies, I think it's worth it. Uh, take a look. Uh, I give it, I, I, not to say that, you know, I, Eh, yeah, I give it like two and a half out of four. Two and a half out of four. All right, perfect. So two and a half from Ash. And what about you, Mark? Um, when they first uh, let us know that they're making a sequel to this movie, I, of course, was kind of nervous just because I love the original Dead Snow. Um, I thought Dead Snow 2 is a fantastic sequel and continuation of uh, Martin's story. Um, I really think that it's on par with the first film. The tone is the same. Um, you know, it, it just seems everybody enjoyed making this film. You know, it looks like a blast watching it, and I'm sure it was a blast filming it. Um, my only nitpick, again, would be... Well, I guess I got two nitpicks. One, I'm not a hugest fan of the Zombie Squad. And two, I just thought that fight scene at the end was too long. But again, the film is at a crescendo at that point. So I understand the length of it. Um, so again, just nitpicking. Um, I, I remember I looked at my letterbox after uh, watching it uh, yesterday. And when I first saw the film, um, I'd given it five stars, five out of the five stars. Um, I don't feel as strongly as before. Um, I still think it's a fantastic film. I just don't think it's a five star film. Um, but again, it's got one of the best endings ever. Um, so I brought my rating down to four out of five stars. So for us, I would give this film three out of four stars. All right. Good. Excellent. So for myself, so Dead Snow 2 Red versus Dead went in a way that I wasn't expecting. In the opening few minutes, I thought we were going to get a 
zombie survival film like in the first one but on a larger scale because they teased the zombies looking over the water to the city instead what we get is essentially a zombie war movie it's definitely unique but for me i prefer what we got with the original and the biggest problem here with the sequel is that the first one had genuinely funny characters whereas this one has characters that were written to be funny and they just weren't most of the time. And this really hurt the vibe of the film for me overall. I liked Martin a lot and and when the zombie squad wasn't trying to reference Star Wars, I liked them well enough too. The problem is uh, those moments like we talked about where Monica tried acting like a fangirl, those are just so bad that it takes away from the entirety of all three of those characters. And seeing as they're such a big part of this movie, that really hurts the whole thing um, as a film. So there are some really fun moments and some really cool brutal deaths, brutal deaths. But this is nothing like what the first movie gave us. I appreciate that they were trying to do something different and it works pretty well, but it's nowhere near as strong an outing as the hilariously disgusting film that came before it. So I'm giving Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, two and a half out of four stars. So overall, pretty strong rating for Dead Snow 2. Two and a half, two and a half, and three. Yeah. Well, it's not for everybody, right? Zombie films are not everybody's bag, but uh, I think this one kind of has a little bit for everybody. Excellent. And so that, my friends, will do it for this week. So next okay. episode, we'll be reviewing 2016's Inside. So make sure you check out episode 71 for our thoughts on the original film, if you missed that the first time around. And also remember that uh, we're now on a bi-weekly schedule, which means that episode 135 will release on Monday, August 13th. So as always, you can reach us, uh, find us on Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact at cinefessions.com, or you can even give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK. Oh, so there's plenty of ways to get a hold of us, so please don't be shy. We love talking with all of our listeners on all those different social media platforms so please uh, share any ideas for future arcs you might have uh, recommendations for single films to watch books to read graphic novels to buy anything you can think of give us rex we love uh, we love those so uh hit us up on social media and another reminder that if you like what you're hearing please leave us a review on itunes uh rather apple podcasts uh, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is you might be listening to us. Those positive reviews help us reach a larger audience. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us those reviews and for telling your friends about the show. And Ash, reminder listeners where else they can find you online. Uh, when I actually have time, you can see me reblogging shit on uh, on uh, Tumblr. Um, D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter under the same handle. Although, you know, it's not all movie stuff. So fair warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah fair enough absolutely and what about you mark uh, you can catch me on uh, twitter for the time being at uh, mark underscore nado that's m-a-r-c underscore n-a-d-e-a-u and on instagram and on letterbox at mnado02 excellent you can find me on my personal twitter feed and on letterboxd and goodreads under simon one that's p-s-y-m-i-n one all right, gents. Thanks for joining me tonight. I had a, lo a lot of fun talking about that snow, too. Hopefully you guys did. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Perfect. All right. So we want to say thank you to everyone for listening to episode 134 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.